This is another true crime podcast where a millennial with an interest in the macabre discusses all things true crime and true crime adjacent. I'm Spencer Woolard, and I hope you're as excited about this as I am. Hello, everyone, and welcome to my first episode. (laughs) Uh, Sorry if I sound a little, I don't know, shaky or unsure. I've never done this before, um, but the only people listening are probably my friends and family, so um, I don't think they mind. But yeah, um, this doesn't really have like a format. I just thought I'd share a story with you guys. I'm a big fan of true crime. Um, I'm not like a fan of true crime, but like I'm interested, like I don't like crime, but I'm interested in it. And so I decided um, after so many years of listening to true crime podcasts, I would start my own because uh, right now we are greatly practicing social distance and I decided, well, now's the time to do it. So we're going to begin. This is the story. Let me just make sure I'm still recording. (laughs) So you'll never guess where I'm recording. Um, I live at home and there's a lot of just kind of ambient noise around. We have a lot of pets. (laughs) And so I'm sitting in my car um, with the windows slightly rolled down and recording this on my phone. (laughs) And I'm using phone notes on Dropbox. So this is going to be very funny. Um, Okay, so let's begin. This is the story of Susan, Karen, and Michael Reinert. It's also known as the Mainline Murders. And the sources I used for this was Quora, Q-U-O-R-A, Quora. It's like a question website, I guess, like where people post questions and get answers, like Yahoo, I don't know. Um, the Unsolved Mysteries Reddit thread, which was so cool, <laughs> so interesting to read up about all that. The Charlie Project website, the Mainline Times newspaper. These is these are these is these are also called the Mainline Murders, so that might have something to do with that. Um, CNN, the New York Daily News, Wikipedia, uh, Find a Grave, and then. I didn't use these sources, but apparently there are books and movies um, about this. The uh, book slash movie is Echoes in the Darkness. Another book is Engaged to Murder. And another book is Principal Subject, but spelled like a school principal, and you'll find out why. (laughs) So Susan Gallagher Reinert was a 36-year-old English teacher, and she had two children. The first was Karen, who was 11 years old, and Michael, who was 10. So this is the 70s, and they live in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. She taught English. I said that earlier. (laughs) She taught at Upper Marion High School, and the entire area is kind of upper middle class. It's a nice area. So she's working there, and in 1974, she got involved with another teacher at the school, William Bradfield. So they started having, excuse me, I'm sorry, they started having an affair. Um, William Bradfield, who was the chair of the English department, so I guess she worked under him. (laughs) 
Haha. <laughs> um, so she got a divorce from her husband, Ken. Ken Gallagher. Which is like, wow. Ken Gallagher. Like, her maiden name... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Susan Gallagher Reiner. So her maiden name was Gallagher. And then, so he's Ken Reiner. I'm so sorry. So, she got divorced from him. And continued dating William, you know. I guess getting serious. She's divorcing her husband. So, they kept their relationship quiet. You know, they worked together. But William was like kind of a dick about it he would just like go around and be like oh yeah like Susan like no like she's so unattractive right like look at her like she was kind of like quiet um like a quieter more demure person and she wore these like big glasses she looked really sweet um but yeah apparently like you know he was just like oh she's so unattractive blah 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 like it's just weird he would just go around and say that But, um, at a certain point, after they had been, you know, involved for a while, Karen, a Karen, I'm sorry, that's her daughter's name, Susan, to show her, I guess, devotion to him, um, took out a $730,000 life insurance policy payable solely, payable solely, uh, to Bradford as the beneficiary. So her children were like completely excluded from that. And $730,000 in the seventies is, I mean, a huge amount of money now. I don't, I didn't do the math, but it's a huge amount. It's a huge amount of money now. You know, like if someone gave me $730,000, I'd be like, well, thank you. You know, (laughs) but it's just wild. Um, and so she made him the beneficiary. Uh, she made him the beneficiary of her estate as well. Like, again, completely excluding her children. So I guess after that, she started telling people that they were engaged. So I'm assuming that she's like, I did this thing for you. You know, I want to be with you. And he's like, cool, I'll marry you. But so plot twist. This guy, William Bradford, Bradfield, is dating three other women and he is living with a woman another teacher at the school so this dude is just like being this like English teacher Lothario or whatever and like dating three women one of them is like divorcing her husband for him he's dating someone else yeah anyway also I'm sorry I don't know if I referred to him as Bradford or Bradfield he's an asshole so like I don't really care but I don't you know his name is Bradfield William Bradfield people called him Bill so yeah um so he's like dating these women and like lying about it and just being a dick and being like oh like Susan's gross right it's just he's just an asshole and of course unfortunately it wouldn't be a true crime podcast without some true crime so unfortunately um three months later after she made him the beneficiary of her estate and everything in June of 1979 at 5:20 a.m. Reinert was found beaten nude and wrapped in chains in the trunk of a car. This was June 25th, 1979. Uh, she was found because a man called police about a sick woman in the trunk of a car in a parking lot of the town's inn. So I guess the trunk was open and she was lying there dead and someone saw it and thought it was just like someone who was sick. It's really unfortunate. Um, 
she had been killed with a morphine injection 24 to 36 hours after the beatings. So she had been held for uh, a little bit of time. She had last been seen on June 22nd at around 9.30 p.m. hurrying her children to her car. Um, Interesting fact, the car was an orange Plymouth Horizon hatchback. Unless you were curious, an article mentioned that, and I was like, oh, okay, that gives me a visual, thank you. So it is said that they had just gotten a call from William that they were going to where he was. So yeah, and then three days, a little, yeah, about three days later, two and a half days later, her body was found. Um, The children's bodies were not with their mother, so they didn't know where they were. Um, so her ex-husband was obviously questioned, but was never made a suspect because they were amicable. You know, they had been, been divorced for a few years, and he they lived in different cities now, and he was never, you know, seriously thought of because he was a good dad, nice guy, whatever. So they eventually questioned William Bradfield, obviously, and also questioned the former principal of the school they worked at. His name is Jay Smith, and they were both um, questioned for that. Um, Bradfield was actually arrested uh, in 1981 for a financial crime. That's how they decided they would they would get him first, was on a financial crime because he was misappropriating Susan's money. Actually, he was using it for its unintended purposes, the money that she had left him before she was killed. And so he was sentenced for, sentenced to two years for that. Um, So then in 1983, um, he was tried and convicted for conspiracy to commit murder for the insurance money and to keep Karen from finding out that he misappropriated her funds um, and that he had stolen money from her. So... He was sentenced to three life sentences, and he died in prison in 1998 and never confessed his involvement and denied knowing anything about where Karen and Michael were or anything about anything. So he, you know, did his time. Um, On the other hand, Jay Smith is an interesting fellow. He was convicted in 1985 of this crime. Um, And the reason why it took them a while was because he (laughs) was already in jail for a a drug offense, an unrelated offense. So he was sentenced to five years for that. So um, he, kind of going on a segue about him, I didn't go much into him here because this is mostly about the the murders of Susan and Karen and Michael, but I read his Wikipedia, and it's very strange. He was a very strange man. Um, He was the former principal of the school, so obviously, like, he either left or got fired or whatever, and it turns out that, like, he was a pretty unsavory character. So if you want to read him, his name is J.C. Smith, Um, and so you can read up about him. He's, He's an interesting fellow, but... He was convicted of the, uh, these crimes um, for carrying out the murders. So Bradfield was said to be like the mastermind, and then 
he got Jay, allegedly, allegedly, got Jay involved, and he actually did the killing. So, Jay Smith got the death penalty for the murders, but in 1989, he was released because there had been prosecutorial, no, I I know how to say this, prosecutorial misconduct, prosecutorial misconduct, there was some misconduct, and a retrial was ordered, but it was never conducted, so he was freed from jail in 1992, and it really sucks. So he filed a civil, <coughs> a civil rights lawsuit against the prosecutors, but the suit was rejected in 1998, so at least he doesn't get to sue them, I guess. That's good. Um, and then he died of heart disease in 2009. He got remarried in 2002, so he lived like a relatively normal life afterwards. Like, it's just kind of unfortunate. Um, so <coughs> I know I've been referring to... Karen and Michael as like or I've been saying the murders the murders but I haven't mentioned anything about them and it's because their bodies were never officially found but they were declared legally dead in 1987 so um it's really really sad <laughs> that these kids were just like never found um and their mom had been like murdered so brutally so I'm guessing just speculating that they also met a similar fate which is just horrible Um, and then their father died in 2002, so good old Ken Reiner, nice guy, supreme, lived this, like, horrible life. Can you imagine being that guy? You're, like, married, and you have, like, two kids or whatever, and then your wife starts cheating on you, and then divorces you, and then dies, and your kids are missing, and then what are you gonna do? Like, that's just horrible. So... Another plot twist, after William Bradfield's death, police uh, recovered a photo that had been developed in 1986, which he was in jail, so I don't know how that works, but I wasn't around in the 80s, so maybe you could still get photos developed if you were in jail, I'm not sure, but um, they found a picture in his possessions, and it looked to be an unmarked grave. So it was of a stone marker standing alone in a forested area, um, but there were no other, like, clues to help identify. I mean, this is Pennsylvania. Like, the woods and the forest were everywhere. So it's believed to be the marker of Karen and Michael's graves, but they could never find them. Um, And then, yeah, so this new evidence had been released to the public in hopes of finally finding their bodies, Karen and Michael's bodies, but there's been no progress in finding them. So, super unfortunate. They were declared legally dead again, so, you know, but nothing has ever come up of that. And to wrap it all up, um, I know I said that I wasn't really going to talk about J.C. Smith, but if you weren't curious about looking him up before, maybe you are now, um, his daughter and her husband, so his daughter was named Stephanie Hunsberger and her husband was Edward Hunsberger, they both disappeared in 1978. So a year before the murders, they, the murders of Karen and Michael and their mom, Susan, um, his daughter and her husband disappeared. Um, and so there was like the last sighting of them was on February 25th, 1978. So after that, like nothing happened and he was never like charged in it, but it's just really strange. So 
yeah, it's it's just all very strange and unfortunate, and that is the story of the mainline murders, or the murder of uh, Susan, Karen, and Michael Reinert. Thank you so much for listening. Again, this is my first episode, and I've never done anything like this ever, so I'm sorry if my words were, like, jumbled or garbled or didn't make sense. I tried to look at my notes as much as possible, but again, I'm recording this in my car with phone notes so hopefully it's endearing again I think the only people who are listening to this are my friends and family at this point so uh yeah hope you like it thank you so much and uh stay safe out there bye thank you for listening to another true crime podcast with host Spencer Woolard that's me Find us on Instagram and Twitter at another TC pod. That's another TC pod. And you can email us to at another TC pod at gmail.com. I hope to hear from you guys. Thanks.